Welcome to Poppin' the Lid on all things real estate with Tina Miller-Light and Sherry Anhauser-Busch, your place to tune in every Thursday, Thursday and learn all about the home buying and selling process in a fun and lighthearted manner. Happy Thursday, Thursday, everybody. Good morning. What are we talking about today? I was going to say, what are we drinking today? Oh, well, we're drinking, I'm drinking water. What's in your orange... I don't know. What's in your orange Yeti? I can't see it. It's melted Diet Coke. Oh, nice. So you're still drinking Diet Coke. Wow. <laughs> I'm still drinking Diet Coke. I thought you gave it up. No. I will, though. October. Wait, o- this is this October. Is, yeah, we're in October now, friend. November? I'm Wait, let me write it down. November when? November 1st. First? Sh- I will give up Diet Coke Sherry for- will give up. Diet Coke. For one day. Oh, come on. Okay, I'll give it up for two weeks. Oh, two weeks. Two weeks. Diet Coke free. Okay, starting November 1st. I'm going to be, I'm going to be reaching out to you on November 1st. I think our next podcast should be, one of our podcasts should be on November 1st. (laughs) Or November 2nd, so we can see how you're feeling. (laughs) Probably not so good. So anyway, what are we talking about today? We are talking about what homebuyers and sellers secretly wonder or what they are too shy to ask or what they might Google instead of asking their realtor. Love it, love it, love it, love it. So for example, you want to start with what buyers would ask. Some of the questions. Well, right off the bat, y'all, I'm going to apologize because I'm blind today and I can't really read this this sheet of paper so I'm on a struggle bus but what it looks like it says what should my first steps be when considering buying a home and so what we typically tell our buyers our clients we get them connected with a one of our lenders one of our trustworthy lenders so they can find out what they qualify for or what they get approved for, which kind of leads us into another question that you came up with, with one of your clients asked, what's the difference between a pre-approval and a pre-qualification letter? Yeah, that was asked of me recently. And the difference is going to be as a pre-qualification is what you've told the lender and they say, okay, based on what you're telling me, you're pre-qualified for this amount. Whereas a pre-approval letter, they're running your credit check and doing the research and verifying and then they're saying, okay, you're pre-approved for this amount. Right, and the ones we really love are the ones that go through underwriting Mm -hmm. initially. So they've double confirmed everything. Right. And they're able to verify the buyer's ability to come up with their down payment and their ability to have that specific pre-approval amount. Yeah, so a pre-qualification letter is not going to help you get an accepted offer. Yeah, no, and um, typically a lot of times when you're submitting an offer, the listing agent or seller... Well, hello, what is that? Uh-oh. National alert. Oh. Don't worry, y'all. It's Everything's a test. Fun. It's a test. It, they're testing our podcasting skills. Holy moly, how do you turn it off? Okay. Sorry for that interruption. 
hey, it's not a it's not a popping the lid on all things real estate unless we have an interruption. <laughs> That's true. So going back to what we were just talking about on the difference between pre approval and pre qualification, most of the time, a lot of especially in our area, sellers are going to want to see a pre approval pre approval in, instead of a pre qualification because a pre approval carries a lot more weight. Correct. So how do you determine how much I can afford to spend on a home? Well, and a lot of times I hear you saying it, Sherry. What can you, It's you know it's the right time to buy when, when you can, you can afford, afford it. it. So you know how much you can afford to spend on your mortgage. And so that's typically when you go to meet with a lender, you're, they're going to ask you, what are you comfortable paying in a monthly mortgage? And that's also going to be determined in your pre-approval. Right. And then can you provide me with a list of recommended mortgage lenders? Absolutely, we can. We have a long list of people that we work with. Um, We like to refer out local lenders that we know and trust. We know it's going to get the job done. So we'll provide you with a list. Um, And then you can make some phone calls to all of them and see which one that you like the best. Now, I will tell you the cheapest rate is not always going to be the best deal for you. It's going to be who's going to get you across the finish line and get your loan closed. Exactly. And sometimes we have clients that come to us that have already been pre-approved, maybe with a different bank and well, with their choice of a bank, but maybe it's not the best option for them. And so we might recommend going with another lender that can offer more options. Yeah, and if you have a lender tell you that he can't pre-approve you, make a call to another lender because I've had, I I lost a client because one of the lenders that I gave them said, you can't qualify, and then he thought it was over and he moved to a different lender and he got pre-qualified, closed on his house without me because I referred that particular lender to him. And so I always tell people, if one person says no, you go check with somebody else. And that's why we're gonna give you a list of lenders to choose from. That's right, because you've gotta make sure that you mesh with that person, that you are able to clearly communicate, you feel comfortable with them, because they're gonna be they're going to be working for you just like your realtor is throughout the duration of the, the whole home buying process. Mm-hmm. So it's important that you like them and you get along with them. So what are the current market conditions in the area I'm interested in? A lot of times buyers will come to us and say, I would like to, I prefer this area of town to purchase a home in for reasons of maybe the, they like the school, their work is in that area, they have family that lives in that area. Whatever the reason is, um, they wouldn't want to know what is the current market condition. So we're able to pull up comps and reporting and give them an idea of what homes are selling for in that specific area they're interested in. Also, what goes hand in hand with that is what neighborhoods do you recommend based on my preferences and needs? So your realtor should be able to sit down with you initially and go over what all the different neighborhoods are and based on what you're telling them where you'd like to live and give you 
the up-to-date market conditions and affordability in those areas. And then another question is, can you show me multiple properties in a single day? Absolutely. We will show you (laughs) as many homes as we can get into. What's your record for one day? day. Uh, 27? 27 in one day. It was a VA buyer. Holy and moly. We did not you got me stop. Beat. I had them all stacked up, man. We That's were in insane. and out of this house super fast. But we managed to get into escrow before they left town. We did it in a day. Um, you are a superhero. It was good. Too. Were you wearing your dino suit that day? <laughs> I can't drive in that thing. It deflates. <laughs> all right. So, yes, we can show you multiple properties in a single day. We just have to... Make sure that we're pre-scheduling them and we're arriving on time. We're getting through the property and moving on to the next one. So we can optimize Yeah, it takes a lot of coordination. It's not easy sometimes, especially when they throw us for a loop and we show them one thing and then they walk out to the car and they pull up their Zillow and like, oh, and they saw this one and this one and this one and this one. Yes. And why it stresses me out because I've already pre-planned and I'm exactly. like, I got everything lined up. I'm going to find a way to squeeze Add those, those in. things mm-hmm. in there. It might mean we have to circle back around and backtrack a little bit, but for sure we can do it. And that leads us into our next question. What should I look for during a home viewing or open house? Ghost. Ghosts? <laughs> we'll come back to that. <laughs> How do I make an offer on a house and what factors should I consider when determining the offer price? Well, your realtor is going to work with you on making your offer and giving you all different options of factors that are involved. Every property is different. Every list, therefore, every listing and every offer is going to be different and unique to what the buyer's ability to close on the escrow is. So your realtor should be able to work with you and let you know what all of the different um, things you should considering um, when it comes to the offer price. And a lot of that has to do with condition of the home. You know, is there going to need to be some upgrades done? Is it obvious that there's peeling paint, or is it obvious that there's Carpet needs to be replaced, and maybe they didn't consider that when they listed the home. So those are a lot of factors that, you know, what's it going to cost the buyer to get into the home? Right. So when I said we'll come back to that on what to look for during the home, I meant the ghost, not the actual question. Oh, okay. Not the actual question. <laughs> so what should, what should a buyer look for during a home viewing or an open house? Well, I always immediately, I check outside, um, I look at the fascia and I look for dry rot, anything like externally that's going to cause a problem with the loan yes. and the appraisal. And dry rot is an immediate ding, ding. I know that that's got to be taken care of before the appraiser shows up. So I look at things like that. Um, and the buyer themselves, typically they're going to be looking for things like does this floor plan work for me and my family? Mm-hmm. So as they're walking through the home, it does. do they want an open concept? Does the house have an open concept? If not, can we make it into an open concept? How many bedrooms does it have? Does it suit our needs? How big's the pantry? Yes, how big's the pantry? Things like that. But I did have a question once that was posed to me. Um, 
and she asked me, the house is haunted, what do I do? And so, you guessed it, I told her to call the Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters! Neighborhood. Who are you gonna call? Ghostbusters. Okay, so that they, was fun. Did they show up? Huh? <laughs> oh, she was kidding about that question, but it still it still made me laugh, and I'll forever remember it. Thank you, Kara, for that. Well, I think there are some, uh, you know, people that might bring in uh, paranormal. Oh, the sage. Yes, the sage. Yes, with crystals yes. and things. Yep. If they feel like maybe there's some unwanted spirits there or uh, just to protect the house and to bless the home, they might bring in and burn some sage or various other things depending on their religion. I wonder if a feng shui. Because feng I've had shui. people come yes, in I and have say, to. oh, my house has to face this way. I've got to have like room to turn my bed this way so it can face the... the I don't remember... I've had how it went, but yes. yeah, there are some people that wanted feng shui. So I wonder if feng shui will also clear out the ghost. The well, and I had um, an Asian client mm -hmm. that needed to make sure whatever home they selected had specific numeric digits in the address. I've read that. Is that feng shui or is that just it their is. A religious? No, it's feng shui. It, I think it is feng shui. And I read the other day because I have my new listing and it's got a cobalt blue door and it says hello on it. And that's a, I'm going to research this and see what the color of the different doors means. And I read that this royal kind of blue means that it's a happy house. Oh, okay. And a light blue means that it's it's calming and like you're coming in it's nice and what does red mean because red is like I, red hot i don't remember Tina. or yellow i bright you know, yellow i love the blue though we can look that up and, okay so there's bottom line there's different reasons that someone might want to have a home that faces a certain direction has certain numeric numbers in it feng shui reasons uh, they might want to come in and bless the home if they feel an uneasiness about it. There's also, they can inquire, did something happen in this home? I've had client that walked through a house and she sensed something bad happened in that home. And later after the fact, we went back and looked up kind of a history of the home in the news and a murder had had transpired in that home, and it was interesting to me that she felt that she felt that sensation mm -hmm. that something bad had happened in the house. So, did you write an offer? She was willing to. Uh, you know what? I believed we did write an offer on the house because that really, in in the end, did not bother her that that happened there. Um, we didn't. She didn't get the offer accepted, but we did end up writing an offer. Yes. Could you live in a murder house? I think so. I mean, okay. I think I think it's different than living in a haunted house. Mm. No. Well, well, I guess to each his own. I, I I mean, I don't know that I really believe in haunted houses, except for the ones at Hobbs Grove where you can go like 
But I'm, if somebody's, I don't know, I just feel like I have some seriously bad juju that I want no part of. Well, everybody gets to choose. That's right. It's your choice, not ours. Moving on. What is a contingency and what should I include in my offer? Contingency means that maybe they have to sell a home first in order to buy another home. Mm-hmm. That's typically one of the biggest contingencies. Yeah, so it's, I will buy this home contingent on this happening. So contingent on the appraisal, contingent on my loan going through, contingent on the inspections, contingent on selling my house, contingent on I get to close in by, close in? Close on. On a certain date. <laughs> Close escrow on a certain date. Thank you. Things like that. So that's what a contingency is. Do I give you a deposit check with my offer? Please no. I don't touch deposit checks. No. First of all, that's back in the olden days before I was even a realtor. You would put a check and it was like 500 bucks or something. I don't know. And you submit it with your offer. Now you have three days after you get into escrow to have that deposit um, put in with your escrow title company. Well, the option is there for you to direct deposit it, Mm -hmm. wire it, or um, you can take it to the escrow company yourself and drop it off. That's what most of my clients do. Yeah. But they're, you know... I, when you say olden days, I don't think it was that far. A, 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 I don't think it was that far back that we we were required to take a or encouraged to have deposit check in hand with the offer. Olden and days then, being before my real estate time. <laughs> I don't know. So I've been doing this for eight years. I've well, no. I was I've been doing it for nine and. I've never touched I was, a deposit check. I was taking deposit really? checks. I don't, I'm not touching those things. Okay, so the answer to the question is no, but you do have to get your deposit to escrow one way or another within three days of your offer being accepted. One way or another. That's right. I'm going to get you, get you, get you, get you one. So okay, don't sorry. write an offer unless you have, you're absolutely 100% sure you have that deposit ready. Yes. Tina. Yes. How does the negotiation process work in a real estate transaction? Typically, you submit an offer. We'd like to see you putting your best foot forward in your initial offer. But let's say the seller entertains your offer but would like to negotiate a few of the items on the offer. So they come back to us, to the buyer's agent, and say, we'll accept your offer, but we want you to change it, we want you to add this or whatever. Or we want the highest three offers to come back with us with their best and final offer. So that's where the negotiating part comes in. And it seems like even throughout the transaction, if your offer is accepted, there's inspections that have to happen. So a lot of times, maybe you see something you want the seller to fix, so you go back to them and say, We'd like the seller to take care of, you know, X, Y, and Z. And the seller then has the option to come back and, and negotiate back and forth. Yeah, lots of negotiating that goes on well after you have an accepted offer. Yes, and that's where your seasoned, good realtors know how to do that. And 
are constantly negotiating throughout the entire process on your behalf. So speaking of inspections, what inspections should buyer consider getting and how do they schedule them? Number one is a home inspection and pest inspection. The home inspector will usually let you know if you should call a roof inspector unless the talented realtor can identify that there's obvious issues with the roof. There's also sewage inspections that can be performed where they put a camera down in through the sewage to see if there's tree roots or anything growing within the sewage. And a lot of times we recommend that with the older homes and the older neighborhoods. Or really it's good to do on any properties that are over a certain age just to make sure you don't have any roots growing through the sewage. Yeah, and the home inspector's really good about saying, okay, the AC's doing this. I advise you to get um, the AC further inspected by a licensed professional. So have an HVAC company come out. So sometimes your home inspector will be telling you he advises further inspections by different professionals. Yes, so always start with your home inspection and then your pest inspection as well. If you're out on a county island or just out with property somewhere and it has, you're on a water well or a septic sewage, you definitely want to make sure you're getting those inspected as well. And your realtor should have a list of vetted vendors, approved vendors that they've worked with that are on their team that they can refer you to as far as getting those and help you schedule those appointments. Because don't forget, when it comes to your inspections, you only have a certain amount of time per the contract to get those done. And so your realtor is really the one that's going to help make sure you stay on track. Yeah, you have 17 days to do those inspections unless you've shortened those contractually when you've written the offer. So how long does the closing process typically take? Well, that's going to depend on what kind of offer you've written. Um, I just closed one at 18 days. I could have closed it in 10 as a cash buyer, but they're out of the country. So it's really going to depend on what kind of loan you have, if you have a loan, and how you wrote the offer. Did you write a 30-day escrow, a 45-day escrow? I know I see 30-day escrows mostly. What are you seeing? Yeah, I think the industry standard is anywhere from 30 to 45 days. And But now, in the market that we're seeing right now, a lot of lenders are coming back to us saying that they can get things closed sooner than 30 days. So 15 to 20 days. And, you know, that's typical, especially if you're working with a cash buyer. Cash seems to to move a little bit faster because you don't have to rely on the inspections that you do with, um, with lenders, loans and stuff like that. But cash buyers usually can move a lot faster because you're not waiting on docs and everything that yeah. you would with a... With a financed offer. Yeah, not waiting on them to balance and all that fun stuff. But like you said, it does depend on how the offer is written. So maybe the seller needs to stay in the home a little bit longer. So 
it just all depends. But typically industry standards has been 30 to 45 days, but recently we're seeing things being able to close a lot faster than 30 days. But do understand that things can happen in the escrow process that will push back your close of escrow. Say you have, um, you're in escrow and stuff is contingent on selling a home, that home falls out. I mean, there are things that can delay your close of escrow. What cost should I expect to pay as a home buyer? Well, you've got your down payment is going to be the major thing. You have to pay for an appraisal before they'll even order the appraisal. That's, I don't know, somewhere between five and $800. That cost can vary. You're paying for your home inspection, your pest inspection. You're paying for home warranty unless you're having the seller pay for it. And then you've got closing costs that buyer and seller split. And some of those you can do through escrow. So you pay for at the end of the transaction when you close. And a few of those you do pay for upfront. Those are out of pocket expenses upfront, like your home inspection, your pest inspection, and any other inspections that you might do that are not written in the contract. So just keep that in mind. You do have, you will have a few upfront costs. Do you have recommendations for a real estate attorney or a home inspector? So I think we talked about that previously. Yes, your realtor should have a list of vetted vendors that they work with that they can recommend you to. When do I get my keys? That's a good question. I have people think that they get their keys when they go and sign their docs at escrow. Um, you get your keys when you're actually on record, meaning that the house has went to the county or paperwork gone to the county and they've officially stamped it or whatever they do down there. I don't know what they do because I've never been there, but their official word is it's yours. Um, you do have the sellers have till six o'clock per contract the day of close of escrow to get out of the house. Most of the time they're out by then, but yeah, you get keys um, once escrow closes. And escrow will usually contact your agent, your realtor, and let them know, hey, escrow's closed. So once that happens, then if there's not been a plan already worked out between the realtors, they should be contacting each other to make sure that keys are accessible and then you'll be notified that you can either pick up keys or meet your realtor at the property and they will deliver keys to you. I I want to put up a fence, but I don't know where the boundary lines are. Is it near appraisal? No. If you are questioning your boundary lines, you want to put up a fence or whatever it is that you want to do, we recommend you hiring a surveyor to come out and survey the property so that you're getting those boundary lines correct. Yes, or I've also heard it recommended because surveying costs are pretty, can be kind of costly, thousands of dollars if you want to do it yourself or sometimes you might have a seller that's willing to point those property lines out to you. If they're not marked, then it's been suggested that you could always take a uh, metal detector 
out there and search for those metal stakes that mark the boundary lines. That's a little bit of a cheaper option, but cheaper option, but I would want it correct, correct because I happen put on put on record. Yeah, because <laughs> I happen to know an issue right now that's not related to our brokerage at all, but I know that there is a dispute with the past sale and yeah, they trusted, oh, here's the boundary lines and that wasn't the case. Mm. So so there's a dispute going on. Yes. Um, well, we've got a lot. Are we going to be able to cover all this? I like the next one. My house is haunted. What do I do? We already answered that one. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. So paranoia, paranormal concerns can occasionally come up. And, you know, it's nice to know the history of the property. So your agent should be able to work with you on seeing what maybe has happened in the house. Yes, we did discuss that one already. So that's typically a lot of what the buyers have asked in the past. Let's, you want to go over what the sellers typically ask? We're going to have to do it fast because we're pretty far into this and we still have a whole other page to go, page and a quarter. So maybe we skip around or we do sellers next week. Yeah, we can do that. We can definitely do a part one and a part two. Yeah, I think we need to do part two. Let's go the let's go the lightning round. There's a couple lightning of buyer. Okay. There's a couple of uh, buyer questions. Can I keep the furniture and the dog? Have you ever been asked if they could keep the dog? I have. I, I, Does the dog come with the house? I do get that asked, and I, I hope that it's not serious when it happens. I giggle. Well, I mean, some I, buyers may become attached to the current owner's furnishings and the pet. I've had people try to write furniture in offers. So uh, Yeah, me too, but never a pet. I mean, I won't lie. I fell in love with some, some pets while I've been out showing properties and I'm oh I'd really like to have that but right in the end no I think does this question pertain more to like farm animals like chickens and well it could any animal doesn't necessarily have to be a dog I mean I feel like farm animals yeah that's but like the pet that's like asking for somebody's child well and typically if the I've seen property descriptions marketing where it states, hey, the mule comes with the sale of the property. You know, if it's out in the country somewhere and there's farm animals. So, can you guarantee my neighbors will be quiet? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Can you guarantee my neighbors will be quiet? I can't even guarantee I'll be quiet. <laughs> well, uh, that's kind of a tricky request. No, we cannot guarantee your neighbors will be quiet. It's always good to encourage your clients to do drive, you know, do a drive by, um, drive by the property at various times of the day, to and various times of the week to see what kind of activities happening in the neighborhood. Yeah. Well, I will say that there's a question on one of the disclosures that says, "Does is your home subject to any?" nuances or loud noises or blah 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 and so I mean people disclose I live there's a school down the street and we can hear the PA system or whatever or I've seen people write in 
my neighbors are loud they have they throw parties and so you can check the disclosures but I don't think anybody can guarantee what their neighbors are going to do yeah well and there's a lot of some you know crazy questions that have come up as far as different things on properties um, that people have been asked like can you help me find a home with a dragon friendly back Yard. What in tarnation? And that goes I, with the exotic, what? maybe exotic animals, you know. A dragon? Dragon friendly. Where are they going to get a dragon? Well, it kind of points to maybe exotic animals. So if you're looking, there are homes out there that are set up for specifically certain types of backyards, certain types of properties to house exotic animals that really you need to put on your search. Okay, whoever the person is that asked that question, if you're listening to the, this podcast and you want me to help you find a dragon-friendly backyard, I'm your girl. Let's go. Yeah. I, I, you got to put on your dragon costume. I will costume. put on my dragon yeah. costume and we will go out and search high and low until we find you the perfect dragon-friendly backyard how about this one can i pay for a house in bitcoin uh, i don't even know what bitcoin is i hear about it all it's the a time. cryptocurrency it's a cryptocurrency and no you cannot as far as to my knowledge um your whatever whatever monetary financial items you're using to purchase a home you have to show it you have to show where it's coming from so a lot of times your lender will demand that they see your savings account wherever you're pulling money from they need to see where it's coming from it's not just take your cash from underneath your your mattress and show up and expect to buy a home count your pennies yes yeah. okay so i'm seeing a question it's making me laugh is there a UFO landing pad nearby? This one makes me laugh only because I once had a client that told me that UFOs were coming and they were going to take him and his brother um, to the land of milk and honey. Okay. Did you find him a property with a UFO landing pad? Oh, well, I, I mean, I guess that depends. Do they really need a pad to land on? Because can't those things land pretty? Think about George Jetson Mobile. You know, it was kind of round and wasn't that kind of like a UFO-ish? I think it land anywhere. Well, you know what? I mean, there's those are some of the crazier ones. Some other ones, not so crazy, but a little bit out there. Will the house come with a personal chef? You oh, know? God, I hope so. I know. We all do, right? Occasionally, you have buyers that, you know, ask for additional services or perks if they come with the property. My next buyer I have, I'm going to have them write in. Personal chef? Must, must include personal chef. Or if you can find a home with secret passages or hidden rooms. Ooh, I have those. That would be part of the haunted house. Yeah. Well, I feel like this has been well, quite <laughs> the adventure. Yes. And we just kind of wanted to give you an idea of some of the questions that we get. And hopefully, if you were wondering one of those questions, we were able to answer them for you. Thank you so much for listening in on this week's episode. And we're going to come out with episode number two on this next week. Yep. Next week is, well, part two. Part two. Part two. Okay, you guys, we will see you next week. Peace, love, and real estate.